Transmitter device activated. Coordinate set for Earth 2. Hey everyone, welcome to the Earth 2 podcast, the podcast where we explore the origins and developments of the DC multiverse and the legacy of their Golden Age characters throughout the Silver and Bronze Ages of comics. I'm Peter Watson. And I'm David Steele. Welcome back. Thank you for joining us. You join us for episode two of the 1967 Justice League of America Justice Society crossover stroke team up, whatever you want to call it, JLA issue 56, published on the 25th of July 1967, which is also, interestingly enough, the, mm-hmm. the birthday of Mark LeBlanc, who played Julian Friends. My goodness. <laughs> there we are. So... If you're a, if you're listening and you're a friend of Mark LeBlanc and played um, Joey and Friends and you want to get him an interesting birthday present, mm-hmm. why not go on eBay or another auction site or visit your local reputable back issue dealer and buy him a copy of issue 56 of Justice League of America. Is that why uh, part one partially took place in London? <laughs> it's possible. Okay. Maybe maybe that was what inspired that particular Friends storyline. May have been. Say, you know? Part two may also take place... In London! Yes, if it does, we'll be sure to play London Calling by the Clash to establish that we're in London. You know, I watched The Conjuring 2 the other week, not as a refresher, but just as a, an appetiser before I'm um, going to see the new Conjuring movie, and I'd forgotten about the, the London Calling montage of stock film at the beginning. It's just, <laughs> it's just all glorious. I love it. Anyway, back to the plot. Just League Issue 56. Pete, say, do that thing when you tell us about the cover. It's one of those classic team against team cover where both teams are racing against each other prized for battle Mm. obviously with the justice league of america logo at the top this time it's kind of orange feeding into yellow it's very tasteful isn't it yeah it's quite nice the further you hold it away from the eyes the more tasteful it becomes Mm -hmm. anyway we've got four heroes squaring off against another four heroes Mm. as they all rush into battle from the justice league we have green arrow versus hawkman then we have the earth one flash versus mr terrific we have Hal Jordan Green Lantern versus Wildcats. And finally, we have the Superman of Earth 1 versus Our Man. Oh my goodness. Literally, two of my, my top five favourite superheroes squaring up to each other there. Like Our Man, Superman. Oh my goodness. How exciting is it going to be if they actually fight in the comic? Hmm. Let's find out. And the cover's by Carmen Infantino and Murphy Anderson, and it's mm-hmm. a belter. Mm-hmm. It's interesting to note that Green Lantern has eyes drawn in. They don't look very natural at all. No. I mean, I know he normally does, but... Very yeah. angry eyes. Yeah, it's kind of, he's raging at Wildcat, and mm-hmm. Mr. Terrific does not look happy at all, screwing up to the Flash. Flash, that, I mean, look at that Flash, that's very Carmine, look at the face, yeah. that's beautiful. Yeah. That's lovely. Yeah, so we have a little text box that says Justice League versus Justice Society, and then there's another one at the bottom that says... You're one split second away from the earth-shaking battle you thought could never happen. Wow. So we open the comic, we have an opening splash, which has... Well, my copy's been defaced. I, <laughs> I suddenly noticed the eyes of Green Arrow and the Flash and Green Lantern and our man and Mr. Terrific and Wildcat have all been coloured in with felt tips. There's some oh scribble along the bottom. So look out for that on the socials. Very annoying. There's a massive big text box in the middle, but all around the text box we see the Black Sphered villains identified as How Chu, Jem Girl, Horace Rowland, not the Money Master, and Marty Baxter, not the Smashing Sportsman. Little boxes with arrows indicating the Justice Society members. There's two on either side, little columns of Hawkman, Wildcat, Mr. Terrific Hour Man, and then on the other side we have Wonder Woman, Robin, Johnny Thunder and his Thunderbolt, and along the bottom, as pointed out by another little caption box, we have Superman, the Green Arrow, Flash, Green Lantern, and in the middle we have a massive text box which says, On Earth 2, mysterious black spheres have been absorbed into the bodies of Hao Chu, a Chinese bandit, Claire Morton, a gem-loving girl, British businessman Horace Rowland and sportsman Marty Baxter turning these four innocent victims into supervillains. Attempting to stop their criminal activity, the Justice Society of America suffers a crushing defeat. When Johnny Thunder sends his magic-powered thunderbolts to capture the Black Sphered Four, he meets a humiliating defeat. In desperation, Johnny summons members of the Justice League of America from Earth-1 to stop the threat, only to learn that they too have just failed against an identical villain quartet on their own Earth. When the Thunderbolt reveals that the spheres are living creatures from a negative universe and that they will soon be in full control of their human host bodies, making them absolutely invulnerable, the problem of stopping them becomes doubly hopeless. The, the Negative, negative crisis, crisis on Earth's 1-2. One, two. 
Excellent. Incredible. Story by Gardner Fox, art by Mike Sikowski and Sid Green. Let's jump straight in. We have an advert page already for um, Palisades Amusement Park and some stamps. That's fascinating on page two. But anyway, story page two properly begins. There's a caption that tells us, Faced by a seemingly insolvable problem, the mingled Justice Society, Justice League members ponder their plight. Yes, we see everyone sat around the big table, bookcases in the background too. Our man is taking lead at this point in the discussion, and he's saying, If we couldn't defeat the four humans while the Black Sphere intelligences were dormant inside them, Flash continues, The possibility of beating them, assuming there is any, becomes zero once the spheres awaken and take complete command of their human host bodies. In panel two, Hawkman joins the conversation, saying, One thing's sure, staying here, doing nothing, will accomplish nothing. Our man adds, With our increased forces, we could gang up in each of these supervillains. Superman continues, Where we each failed on our own Earths, a JLA-JSA team-up might prove to be a winning combination. And Wonder Woman concludes, The idea sounds good, but we must take into account that the thing that caused our downfall was a black sphere radiation in our foes' bodies. It's grown even stronger by this time, while our superpowers have remained constant. Hal Jordan Green Lantern joins the conversation now and he says, Sure, we'd be better off with increased superpowers, but... And he's interrupted by Robin, who says, But that's the answer! Thunderbolt, you said a lot of black spheres landed on Earth. Yes, we got a nice insert of the Thunderbolt here, and he says... That's right, but only the four that were absorbed by the four human bodies remained alive. All the other spheres from the negative time universe died out. You'll get no help from them. Next panel shows our man looking very thoughtful as Robin continues. True, but how about the radiation the spheres gave off? Maybe some of it still exists. If we could find some of that negative radiation and absorb it into our bodies... And our man chimes in. It might protect us from the radiated bodies of Hao Chu... Horace Rowland, Jim Girl, and Marty Baxter. Then Mr. Terrific says, Maybe it would even increase our own superpowers. Yes, Mr. Terrific would become even more talented at everything. Mm-hmm. Before we go on, I must say, in that middle panel, Superman's S logo is massive. <laughs> it's, it's also ridiculously it's also rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> this must be a spare costume he's uh, picked up on Earth 2. Ah, that's a thought. Considering it, <laughs> yeah, in part it one, be. his costume was quite ripped. Yes. Uh, so perhaps he's picked up a spare yes. one on Earth 2. Someone's and, rustled that up. And we him. say ripped. When, when Pete says ripped, he means literally ripped and torn. He doesn't yes. mean that Superman was looking particularly buff. Although he does. As usually does. It's worth pointing out that everyone's costumes have been repaired at this point. Maybe uh-huh. maybe Johnny Thunderbolt did that for them. Maybe. maybe. I'm not sure. So the, the discourse then continues on the top of story page three. Um, Hawkman is saying, We've got to work fast. That means the super speedsters among us, Superman, Flash, Wonder Woman and Green Lantern, must go out and try to locate the Black Sphere radiation. Superman continues, I could find it with my X-ray and telescopic vision. Green Lantern says, as soon as you do, I'll mark the spots with a green marker. And Flash says, Well, Wonder Woman and I race across the Earth collecting it. So, caption for the next panel. Moments later, high in the air above Earth 2. Yep, we see Superman and Green Lantern, just like in that song by Donovan. They're flying up. Clark's hair looks very wind-tousled, it must be said. Yes, it looks like Bizarro <laughs> hair. There's a sort of white shape sort of emanating from Superman's messy head, which his dialogue clarifies. And there's a lot of see what you see dialogue in this episode again, but as they're up in the air, Superman is saying, Lock your powering beam onto my supervision, Green Lantern, and we'll get to work. So he's obviously directing Hal, because Hal's pointing his right hand with his powering on it in the same direction as Kal-El's supervision. The caption name for the next panel. On the ground, far below, the speeding superheroes. And we see the Flash and Wonder Woman zooming along, and the Flash is a very helpful scene. But you see dialogue, because we can see a little green flag on the, the cliff face, the rock face up above them. Flash is saying, There's Green Lantern's marker, showing a deposit of black sphere radiation here. Caption for the next panel. But even when they examine the first radiation deposits... Yep, we see the Amazon and the Crimson Comet examining just what looks like a kind of black mark on the ground. And Wonder Woman says, The black sphere shriveled up, dead. Its radiation has petered out. And Flash says, Say, what are those glowing black streaks in this rock? It looks like the rock's absorbed a trace of the black sphere's radiation, and it's still active. Then the next panel, Wonder Woman has taken off her tiara, and the Flash is sort of attacking the ground with his hand. And again, they'll tell us what they're doing. Wonder Woman says, We'll mine those radiation streaks. Flash continues, And pile them up for Green Lantern to gather up with his power ring. We'll follow the same procedure at the other markers. 
Hope you're following this so far, readers. Top of page four, caption for the first panel. Within an hour, a mass of radioactive matter is being poured inside a hopper in the Justice Society laboratory. Yes, yeah, so we see Green Lantern with a giant, looks like a giant waste paper basket emptying some black fuzzy dots onto, it looks like the scanner pad, doesn't it, really? It is does, yeah. Is he going to scan them in and email them to the Flash's JPEGs? <laughs> Wonder Woman is at the controls. We can see Robin standing and Flash has a clipboard and a pen. Wildcat's there too. Green Lantern is saying, how much negative radiation do you think we've accumulated, Flash? And Flash answers him. According to my calculations, just enough to feed it to four of our members. The next panel, Johnny Thunder is saying, One word of caution. We know that this radiation made the four humans it entered evil, against their will. The same thing may happen to whichever four members are chosen to receive it. Hawkman says, It's a calculated risk we'll have to take. And Green Arrow opines. As a safeguard, the rest of us can accompany the irradiated four, so that if they turn evil, we'll be on hand to stop them, if we can. Caption in for panel three on page four says, In quick time, four of the members are elected to receive the radiation from the negative universe. Yep, there's a lot going on in this panel. Someone's voice from off-camera says, Our man and Wonder Woman of Earth 2. Someone else says, Green Lantern and Flash of Earth 1. Then another voice says, Because they're already superpowered and would have a better chance against the evil four than the rest of us non-superpowered ones. And someone else concludes, Superman would have been chosen, but his body is immune to radiation. And while this is going on, Flash, Green Lantern, Wonder Woman and Our Man are all standing and they're being zapped by black energy, which is obviously what's left of the black radiation. It's, they must have, I guess, built some sort of equipment to deliver it. It looks like they're being zapped by sort of... It's almost like... It reminds me of Phantom Lady's... Black light beam. Black light beam, yeah. Yes. If you can picture something like that, listeners, if that's familiar to you, it's kind of like that. So, that's what's going on. Barry and Hall and Diana and Rex are all getting zapped. The final panel, then, of page four is cracking. Caption says, Wonder Woman, along with Johnny Thunder and the Thunderbolts, Green Lantern and Wildcat, with Mr. Terrific, Flash, Hawkman and Green Arrow, our man with Superman and Robin, streak off across the world they hope to save. Everyone all lined up. The Thunderbolt is bearing Johnny and Diana, Wonder Woman, on his back. Green Lantern is projecting a comfortable-looking disc for Wildcat and Mr. Terrific to sit in. Robin is cross-legged, sat on Superman's back as he flies. Our Man's leaping along, I guess. And Flash is running beside Hawkman, who has Green Arrow, who looks as if he's having a great time. He does. Riding on the shoulders of Hawkman. And I don't think we pointed out the last time, but with Wonder Woman, Wildcat and Mr. Terrific all being present, we have the... The superhero cast of Sensation Comics. We do indeed. From the 40s, all yes. taking part in this team up, so mm-hmm. that's a lot of fun. So, over the page to page five, the caption for the first panel says, Soon as the Our Man, Superman, Robin team reach the city of Rome. Yeah, we can see Marty Baxter engaged in some more destruction. Robin cross-legged, still on Superman's back. Our Man leaping. Our Man actually looks like he's flying, to be honest here. He does, yeah. Interesting. So, we get some helpful dialogue from the Man of Steel as they observe, and he says, I see Marty Baxter now, demolishing the most famous sports arena of the ancient world, the Colosseum. Robin says, Do your stuff, our man. Caption them for the next panel. But instead of clashing with the sports wrecker, our man turns on his teammates and... Uh-oh, with a whap, he punches Superman, saying, I'm not stopping Baxter, and neither are you two. Robin falls from Superman, and Superman thinks, Just as we feared. Our man's been infected by the negative radiation and has become just as evil and all-powerful as the man we're after. Next panel, we see Robin leaping to safety in the background. As Superman and Our Man collide, Superman punches Our Man in the stomach with a whoop and says, Now to find out whether I can do any better against Our Man than I did against my evil radiated foe back on Earth 1. Caption for the next panel. Our man's next surprising move is to dive groundward. You see Superman moving to catch Robin as he falls. Our man, whose legs have been coloured pink, it seems, looks like he's burrowing into the ground and as Our Man burrows, he thinks, I'll cut the fighting time short against Superman with this manoeuvre. Superman thinks, what's he up to? I can go underground after him if that's the way he wants to play, but first I'd better grab Robin before he hits the ground. So that's fine. Caption for the next panel, however. An instant later... Zock, Our Man bursts up out of the ground and punches Superman. Robin falls out of Superman's arm. Our Man says... Just like an under-surface-to-air missile. We arrive at the top of page six. The whack! Our man punches Superman and goes flying backwards. Robin cowers and thinks, 
It doesn't seem possible. Our man building Superman at will, and Superman's feeling those punches. The caption for the next panel. His fists pumping like pile drivers, the TikTok man drives the Man of Steel before him. Gosh, this is, this is tough to watch. With a thwack and a kapow, we see our man getting stuck into Clark. Robin in the background thinks. Superman hasn't thrown a punch since our man came up from the ground at him. He seems to be getting weaker and weaker. Robin gets a close-up in the next panel and thinks. Only one answer. When our man drove into the ground, he must have spotted a deposit of kryptonite. Superman's weakness. He took a chunk in each hand and is using his fists to hide it. I've got to get that kryptonite away from our man. That's an amazing deductive leap from the Boy Wonder, isn't it? Yes. Amazing. Uh-huh. Especially because, well, as we play it, it's got the panels. Next panel on page six shows Superman looking as though he's in a great deal of pain. Our man is grinning, fists clenched. Robin rushes forward thinking, There's a karate trick to make a man open his fingers in reflex action. Have to connect just right to make it work. The caption then for the next panel says, His middle fingers doubled up. Robin strikes with all the force he can command into the centre of our man's hand. And we see Robin's, he's basically raised a knuckle on his middle finger. He collides with our man. Robin says, Touché! Our man exclaims, Yeah! And sure enough, we see Rex's hands opening and two green rocks falling from them. That's insane! Mm-hmm. Kryptonite under the ground at the Coliseum, but furthermore, they're on Earth too, so it affects the Earth 1 Superman the same way. Yes. Is that... It's gone either way yeah, so okay. far. Yes. Less says soon as mended. We'll just Indeed. move on quickly uh-huh. then to the top of page 7. And the first caption for the first panel says, As our man's fingers fly open and twin chunks of kryptonite drop to the ground. Yep, Robin takes Superman, starts to bear his weight, lead him away, saying, Come on, Superman, get away from that kryptonite. Here, lean on me. And a weary Superman says, Soon as I get my strength back, Robin, we'll make another try at him. Caption for the next panel. The TikTok man turns and angles his run toward the nearby Tiber River. Yep, in the background we can see Rex hurling away. Robin points after him, saying, He must be preparing another surprise move against us. Superman, trying to get strength back, leaning forward with his hands in a handy bit of Colosseum, says, After him, Robin. While I gather my super strength. Caption for the next panel. At the bank of the river. Robin is catching up with our man and thinks. Got to keep our man busy till Superman can pitch in. Robin makes a punch at our man, but our man manoeuvres out of the way. Robin still thinking. That's odd. Despite his increased superpowers, he's avoiding my blow, which would only be a powder puff punch against him. Interesting. The caption then for the next panel. Next, Robin hurls himself forward like a pro football blocking back. Yes, this is a great panel because there's a massive wham sound effect. So I'd be really disappointed to find out that George Michael and Andrew Ridgely never used this panel on the cover of one of their singles. Because that would have been very, very funny. Shame. Robin grabs our man, bears him backward towards the river, thinking, Is the good and the evil our man trying to clue me into something by acting this way? Well, maybe not, because the next panel, our man is grabbing Robin and holding him under the water, saying, You've dug yourself a watery grave, Robin. And in underwater, with a glug probably, Robin thinks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the good in our man didn't last long. In the rest of this panel, we can see Superman, a very badly rendered Superman, it must be said, flying in. Again with the giant S in his yeah, chest. Flying in, thinking, I'm ready to take another crack at our man now. Top of page eight, first caption says. Under the Tiber. Yeah, this is a great panel. Underwater action, we can see our man bearing Robin down towards the base of the river. Superman breaks the surface of the water above, flying down. Robin is thinking, My lungs bursting. Neither our man nor Superman need air underwater, but I do. Back to the top of the page now, and the caption for the first panel says, Gripped in a super hammer lock, the TikTok man's hands fly apart. Yep, Superman is caught from behind, holding Rex's arms apart so that Robin is released. Robin thinks, Just in time, got to head for the surface. As Robin breaks away, Superman thinks, I can feel our man getting weaker. Could his being underwater have something to do with that? Next panel with a whoop. Punches our man in the jaw. Superman thinks, must be. I dazed him with that blow. Oh my goodness. <laughs> right, I don't, I don't, I can't condone the next panel at all. Superman is gripping our man's face, you know, gripping him by the jaw. And the Man of Steel thinks, maybe a good swallow of water will speed his collapse. Squeezing the muscles of his jaw, forcing open his mouth, which prompts our man to glup, glup. Indeed then, wow, that worked because the caption <laughs> for the next panel. 
Utterly limp, our man is dragged from the waters of the Tiber. Yes, Superman attempted to drown him. I'm not into that whatsoever. <laughs> That's really dangerous. That could have gone really badly. Don't try that at home, folks. Yes. Uh-huh. I mean, I'm going to give myself a warning. David, you're a super fan of Superman and our man. Do not attempt to recreate this mm. the next time you ever get to go swimming. So Robin is sat on the banks of the river as Superman emerges, carrying our man under his arm. And the Man of Steel with a massive S on his back is saying, Now that we know thanks to our man, that the negative radiation within humans makes them vulnerable to water, we can take Marty Baxter. Worth pointing at this point that Robin's costume now has the red circle around the yellow R and bat symbol, which was on the cover 55, but not in the actual story. Mm. Interesting. I'm rattled by, by this fight between... Anyway, okay, not to worry, I'll recover. Over the page then to page nine. The caption of the first panel says... High above the mountainous interior of Red China wings Hawkman and Green Arrow while Flash races below them. Yep, Hawkman with Ollie on his back flying along, Flash speeding along underneath him. Hawkman says, From this height I can spot Hao Chu looting the lost city of Lu Lan of its rare treasures. Down on the ground of Flash is thinking, I knew I was close to Hao Chu. I can feel his radiation mingling with mine, sending sinister thoughts through me. Uh oh, caption for the next panel. Instantly, the fastest man on Earth 1 races around and around, creating a sudden downdraft, sending Hawkman and Green Arrow plummeting groundward. Yeah, so there on the ground, as the caption helpfully tells us, Barry's spinning around the ground, creating a sort of whirlpool effect almost. Hawkman starts to fall downwards, Green Arrow falls away from his shoulder. Green Arrow says, Our worst fears have been realised. Flash has become evil, radiated. And the Winged Wonder says, Well, that's why we tagged along to straighten Flash out. Breaking his fall, the aerial ace catches hold of Green Arrow and... Yep, he lowers Oliver to the ground. Green Arrow says, It won't be easy. Flash is faster than ever. We can't even see him. And Hawkman replies, I can't see him, but there's nothing wrong with my hearing. I'll do an about-face and... Zonk! There's a massive burst of... Concussive force in the next panel because Hawkman has collided with a flash. Hawkman cries, Contact! Caption for the next panel. Knocked flat on his back by the tremendous impact, the Scarlet Speedster lifts a rigid finger and... Yep, we see that Flash is starting to gesture and what looks like a sort of cloud of dust is appearing before his hand, but he clarifies this by thinking for us. The Black Sphere's radiation within me has given me added powers. Control over the various gases in the atmosphere. Hawkman sees this little cloud appearing and says, Huh? Smoke rings forming like magic. Top of page 10. We see that Hawkman is now trapped in these smoke rings, and Flash is turning his attention on Green Arrow who's drawing his bow. The Flash thinks, This will keep Hawkman wrapped up while I go after Green Arrow. Huh? He's trying to get an arrow jump on me. So Ollie obviously fires his arrows in the next panel. Barry's got his right hand up and he's twirling it around and he's thinking, I'll rotate his arrow so swiftly in this air whirlpool I'm whipping up, the friction with the air will cause their wooden shafts to burst into flames. And that's obviously worked, because in the next panel, the Flash is thinking, Now to turn those blazing arrows back at Hawkman and Green Arrow. Green Arrow is thinking, Got to turn away those fire sticks. And he draws another arrow, thinking, A propeller arrow should help Hawkman out of his jam. Wonderfully, in the next panel, it disperses the smoke ring, and Hawkman observes, Nice work, Green Arrow. It's blowing away the smoke rings. I can free myself and use my wings to blow the fire arrows off course. Well, that's handy. We see the fire arrows zooming off. And Green Arrow remarks, Now, back to action against Flash with a series of surprise strikes of our own. First off, a smokescreen arrow to conceal our movements. Yeah, and we can see a little cloud of smoke developing as Green Arrow's obviously unleashed a smoke arrow. We arrive at the top of page 11, and there's a caption that says, Moments later, out of the billowing clouds of smoke. This is great. <laughs> we see the Flash getting punched on the jaw by Hawkman with a zock. Hawkman is thinking through the smoke. We can't actually see him while he sees his hand. I feel like an undercover agent. Then the caption for the next panel says, As the Scarlet Speedster windmills away the protective fog. Yeah, we can see Barry twirling both hands away. It's great gusto here, but we also see, coming at him through the fog, it's... Another arrow with what looks like sort of electric sparks bursting from it. And Flash thinks, Does GA think I can't get up enough speed to dart away from his electric arrow? The next panel, Hawkman is flying above and says, Green Arrow, did you see that? And Ollie very helpfully explains what the Flash has just done by saying, Flash, 
dove right in front of the arrow to avoid it, taking a dangerous, unnecessary risk. He could have outrun it by dashing through that field of wisteria behind him. Yes, so there's some plants and leaves and stuff behind, which actually you can also see in the previous panel, but they weren't too clear. As Flash looks so he's falling to the ground, he thinks, Here's my chance. I can't tell them how to defeat me, but I can show them by the way I avoid that arrow. Okay, and then the next panel, we see the wisteria, given a bit more focus. Hawkman points towards it, saying, Let's find out why Flash preferred to risk a hit by the shocking arrow, rather than back off into those Chinese wisteria. Ollie draws his bow and says, I'll blast those shrubs with explosive arrows. And then the caption of the next panel says, As the huge wisteria petals erupt into the air, Hawkman's wings whip them down at the Flash. It's a massive blam sound effect as the explosion goes off. The Flash is coughing and saying, wheeze, wheeze, and Hawkman thinks, No wonder he didn't go near the Wisteria. He's allergic to it. It's affected him so much he can't even use his super speed. Interesting. Then, okay, now we arrive at top of page 12. Flash is down on the ground out for the count. The caption for the first panel says, And when the Scarlet Speedster is drowned in the shower of Wisteria petals, Yep. Hawkman and Green Arrow standing over him, all these boots with very attractive heels, it must, it must be said. Cuban heels? Yeah, I wonder if he got them from Black Canary. Hawkman is saying, He's in no condition to cause us any more trouble. And Green Arrow replies, Better yet is the sensational discovery we've made about our radiation-filled foes. Yep, Hawkman continues in the next panel. They're allergic and vulnerable to the Chinese wisteria blossom. All we have to do is take a big supply of it with us. And Green Arrow concludes as they look down at the Flash unconscious with the wisteria all over him. And will overcome how chew. Now the rest of this page is taken up with a DC house ad. It says, for the most in thrills. And it's an issue of Batman and is also the cover of issue 173 of The Flash. Featuring Barry Allen, Jay Garrick and Wally West. Which we'll be covering in the podcast very soon indeed now. Yes. Page 12's final panel there concludes with a caption saying, Story continues on sixth page following. Good grief. These six pages include the letters page for this issue, an advertisement for Lois Lane, 80 page giant, an advertisement for Major Matt Mason, Mattel's man in space, in fact two pages of adverts for him, and an advert for Novelty Parade, which is your adverts for joke packages and atomic buzzers and rubber bats and stuff. Oh, an instant cat. That looks like fun. Instant cats. Yeah. So we now arrive on page 13 of the story. And, oh my goodness, (laughs) the caption for this first big panel says, Half a world away in the Scottish Highlands, above a great gorge, Horace Rowland uses sheer super strength to stop a railroad train in its tracks. Hey man, that don't look like no Scottish Highlands that I ever saw. This is definitely not the Scottish Highlands. I think these Scottish Highlands scenes were filmed on location in Desertsville, USA. I think they're in the Paramount backlot, to be honest. Possibly. <laughs> now that you mention it, I do recognise them from that episode of Star Trek with the, yes. with the Gorn. Mm-hmm. So yes, we see Horace in his blue suit and his, let's not forget, his monocle and his orange top hat with the pound symbol on it. A big screech of brakes as he's in front of the train stopping on the tracks. Green Lantern is flying in the background, bearing along in his powering constructed space cushion. We can see Missile Terrific and Wildcat. And Missile Terrific is saying, Green Lantern, down there, Horace Rowland is going to hold up a train carrying Bank of England gold into Scotland for safekeeping. And Wildcat says, Rowland's been robbing so much in England that the banks are desperately trying to hide their gold supplies. I'm impressed by that little bit of knowledge of the UK geography, to be honest. Yeah. Caption name for the next panel says, but instead of Green Lantern taking off on his mission to capture Roland... Yes, it's obviously that Hal has succumbed to the black radiation as well because he's thinking... One look at Roland and I became possessed with evil thoughts making me turn against those Justice Society crusaders. Yep, and he gives us some very helpful say-what-you-see dialogue here as he continues out loud. I'm dissolving our partnership and your flying platform. As Mr. Terrific and Wildcat start to fall, Mr. Terrific says... Yay! What's with Green Lantern? And Wildcat says, It's the negative radiation turning him against us. Caption for the next panel. As he drops, Wildcat twists his body in a frantic, desperate, acrobatic manoeuvre and grabs hold of GL's ankle. Yep, and as he does so, Wildcat cries, You're taking us with you, traitor! Mr. Terrific thinks, Got to follow Wildcat's lead. Grab a hold of him. Terry has grabbed a hold of Ted as Ted grabs a hold of Hal. Caption for the next panel. In a tangled heap, Green Lantern, Wildcat and Mr. Terrific plummet downward. 
As they all fall, Green Lantern says, I'll pull you loose and powering you miles away. Mr. Terrific counters with, Our combined willpower is just as great as yours, Green Lantern. And in our desperate situation, our muscles are a little stronger. Over the page then to page 14, and we see the Sensation Comics co-star still grabbing older Green Lantern, falling to the ground, and Hal's conjuring with his power ring, thinking, This trampoline will cushion our fall and shake them up enough for me to beam them into unconsciousness. Yep, a big power ring trampoline. I have to say, it's one of the first things I would create. I can't lie. Mm. Caption of the next panel. Tossed high into the air by the elasticity of the ring-created trampoline, the ex-heavyweight champion of Earth 2 manages to get in the first blow. You sound like Shui McPhee. It's <laughs> tremendous, Angus Lenny. Yep, with a whap, Wildcat punches out Green Lantern, thinking, In this position, I can't put all my weight behind this blow but it's powerful enough to straighten him out. The womp Mr. Terrific lands behind him. Catch him for the next panel. Before GL can summon up enough willpower to activate his ring, he takes it on the chin by the man of a thousand talents. Yep. We're spoiled for choice with the panels in this page. I'm not sure which one I'm going to stick on Instagram. Yep. It might well be this one. Mr. Terrific doubles up over himself, bringing his legs back up and over his head as he, with a whap, kicks Hal Jordan in the face, saying, It's high time I did something for the cause. There's nothing like a good old mule kick to bring a man down to earth. And that has worked. With a concussive burst, Hal Jordan falls backwards onto the ground, thinking, Too weak to hit back with full force. Mr. Terrific and Wildcat leap down from the now probably, I imagine, disappeared trampoline. Top of the next page, Green Lantern fires with his power ring, saying, But I can work up enough power to turn the tables on them. Yep, and he has generated two tables. Using his power ring, one crashes into Mr. Terrific, who says, Ah, oh, if only we had something yellow to use against him. And Wildcat cries as the other table hits him. Of course, his ring is powerless against anything yellow. The next panel, you can see that Wildcat has picked some flowers up off the ground, and he's saying to Mr. Terrific, We're in luck, Mr. T. This field is filled with yellow primroses. Grab a handful and we'll stop his power blows. Mr. Terrific replies, Sure. Just as soon as my head clears. Awesome. Caption them for the next panel. As Wildcat hurls himself forward in feline fury. Yep. So Wildcat rushes forward with the flowers, but Green Lantern strikes out with his power ring. Wildcat's saying, I'll wipe that smirk off your... Oh! As he gets struck, Green Lantern, smiling, says, <laughs> Thanks to that negative radiation within me, I'm able to modify my power ring so that it's no longer helpless against anything yellow. Blimey. That's useful. Mm -hmm. It's a good thing how such a normal stand-up guy that would never do anything desperately wrong or evil that he doesn't put that to, to use. And then one of the final panels of page 15, Green Lantern has generated a massive giant green boxing glove and sends Wildcat flying backwards into a handy apple tree. Wildcat says, Oh, not that corny glove gimmick again, GL. Green Lantern replies, my apologies, Wildcat. I know I've used it more often than any other, but I couldn't resist using it against a boxing champion like you. Wildcat's now stuck up the apple tree in the next panel as Green Lantern <laughs> inspires Goodwill Hunting and says, How do you like them apples, fella? <laughs> and Hal, Hal is thinking at this point, That negative radiation is making me act like a camp-style Green Lantern. <laughs> oh my goodness. If that isn't fourth wall breaking and self-aware. Yeah. I don't want to know. So yeah, this final panel of page 15. Wildcat's up the tree, there are apples falling. He's been held in place by the boxing glove, but we also notice that one of the branches of the tree snaps. So, over the page then to page 16. And this branch that's fallen lands and hits Green Lantern on the head with a whack, causing Wildcat, who's still up the tree, to observe. I can't believe it. That branch hit Green Lantern and staggered him. How's it possible? Thankfully, Mr. Terrific has an idea. He says, I think I know Wildcat. When the yellow weakness was removed from GL's ring, it was compensated for by giving him the weakness of our Earth 2 Green Lantern, Wood. Quick, before he comes to, let's arm ourselves with wooden weapons. Hmm, okay. Then this, this next panel is awful. You know, talk about hitting a guy when he's down. We can see that Hal had been rubbing his head after being struck by the branch, but in the third panel of page 16... Mr. Terrific and Wildcat have each grabbed a branch and with a thunk and a whack, they basically strike Green Lantern on the head. Wildcat says, I hate to do this to him. And Mr. Terrific says, But it's the only way to overcome him. 
And the next panel, Green Lanterns stop moving, and Wildcat says, that does it. There's no indication of how long they stood hitting him with sticks to knock him unconscious. And no sign of life yes. from Green Lantern. Um, that's a bit of a stretch, isn't the it? final appearance of Hal Jordan there. Yes. Yes. yes to stand over the lifeless corpse of Hal Jordan. Yeah. It's so strange they did this in such a casual way, you know, killed mm. by branches from an apple tree, but I can't understand how Hal's power ring would have altered and... Yeah. I don't know. But just, remember, it's a Scottish apple tree. They're literally tossing capers at them. Yes, I so, suppose they are. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a bit oomph about that plot development, but not to worry. So the final panel of page 16 shows a silhouetted wildcat and Mr. Terrific looking down on an unconscious Green Lantern. And Mr. Terrific says, We'll have to carry on without Green Lantern. Go after Roland ourselves. And wildcat continues, After we put Green Lantern in a wooden box to keep him in his helpless state. Put him in a wooden box, even more sinister. They have killed him. My goodness. Heavens now. Right. Deep (laughs) breath. We arrive at the top of page 17. Caption for the first panel says, Past clouds that shadow the Appalachian mountains beneath them speeds the Wonder Woman, Johnny Thunder, Thunderbolt team. Thunderbolt's cutting along with Wonder Woman and Johnny standing on his back. They're all looking down. They can see. Well, we've got some more CBC dialogue, basically. Thunderbolt very helpfully tells us, Jim Girl is running into an underground structure, the hideout of this country's biggest crime syndicate. And Johnny says, She must be after all the jewellery loot stashed there. And Wonder Woman says, I'll take over from here without any interference from you, Johnny Thunder. <gasps> With a whack, Wonder Woman has turned and punched Johnny. Falls back from the Thunderbolt saying, Aye, Wonder Woman, what's getting to you? Sheer evil thinks the Amazon. Good grief. Johnny's falling with a cry of, Help! Help! And Thunderbolt says, Don't panic, Johnny. Hurry, say the magic words so I can help you. Wonder Woman's riding the wind currents down to grab the crime syndicate loot for herself. We have to stop that. The crime syndicate? Uh Uh-oh. There's Mm. another team going to turn up that we weren't expecting. (laughs) This exchange is absolutely hilarious because Johnny continues to fall and is saying, Stop yapping so much and grab me before I hit the ground! Thunderbolt replies, "Uh Uh-uh, not till you say the two little words. Say, you idiot, rescue me. Don't just zigzag around there. Attaboy, you finally said the Batnesian hex words that forces me to help you. And we have a little editor's note which helpfully says, Note, say you, say you, the magic Batnesian hex words that gives Johnny Thunder control over his Thunderbolt. And Johnny then falls into Thunderbolt's arms and Thunderbolt says, How's that for a catch? Just like Willie Mays catching a baseball. Johnny's not having it though and he says, Cut the comedy! Catch up to Wonder Woman! Top of page 18. And in the first panel, the Thunderbolt was speeding off and Johnny cries after him, Not by yourself, you nincompoop! Say you! Come back here and take me with you! Caption for the next panel. One eye blink later. Thunderbolt speeding along, dragging Johnny along behind him. Johnny says, Where's Wonder Woman? Where's Gem Girl? Thunderbolt says, Inside the syndicate hideout, where the gems are stored. Gem girls after them, and so who's Wonder Woman? Caption then for the next panel. Inside the syndicate lair. We see Gem Girl, holding a nice shiny jewel. Wonder Woman is with her. Johnny and the Thunderbolt popping in the background. Gem Girl is saying, For ages, the Moonstone has brought luck to its wearer. Ah, it's working. Assistance arrives for me. And as Johnny's born in with the Thunderbolt, Johnny cries, Hold it, Wonder Woman. You're supposed to be after Gem Girl, not the gems. Caption for the next panel. The Amazon Princess Worlds and... I'm looking out for myself, which is more than I can say for you, says Wonder Woman with a swat. She punches out Johnny, who goes... and falls against a corner. And we can see he's actually... He's fallen very helpfully beside a water cooler. I wonder if that water cooler is going to become significant. Who can say? Thunderbolt watches this going on and thinks... She knocked Johnny cold. Can't do a thing about it till he gives me my orders. We arrive at the top of page 19. Caption for the first panel says, At the far end of the underground corridor. Wonder Woman is caught up with Gem Girl and is Lasuda. Wonder Woman says, I have you now, Gem Girl. Gem Girl replies, Is that a boast or a threat? A fact, Gem Girl. With a swoosh, Wonder Woman whips Gem Girl up into the air and she collides with the aforementioned water cooler which shatters with a crash spilling water and glass over Johnny. Some helpful say-what-you-see-think dialogue from the Thunderbolt in the next panel as he observes, Oh, 
Johnny is coming too, revived by the water. Yep, we see Johnny and Jim Girl both looking absolutely druk it, as we see here. Johnny is saying, <coughs> Say you, Thunderbolt, use your magic against Wonder Woman to hold her helpless. Jim Girl starts to leg it in the next panel, thinking, While these characters are fighting each other, I'll abscond with the loot. Now, she's managed to disentangle herself from the lasso as the Thunderbolt sends a burst of pink energy towards Wonder Woman, and he's saying, My apologies, princess, but I'm just following Johnny's orders. Your magic bolts don't scare me, because the negative radiation inside me gives me the power to hurl your magic right back at you. Indeed, we see the purple lightning bolt flying back towards our Thunderbolt, who's thinking, So that's how the four villains beat me when I was sent out after them. They turned my own magic against me. Blamey. Top of page 20 then, and with a giant whap, we see a thunderbolt being struck by his own returning thunderbolt. Wonder Woman says, you're next, Johnny boy. Johnny thinks, oh, I better fast talk my way out of this. Maybe a good laugh will clear the air. The next panel he's saying, Wonder Woman, did you ever hear the one about the lady who ran for a bottle of vitamins when she saw a man hit by a car because she heard vitamins were good for run-down people? Caption for the next panel. The amazing Amazon pauses, then breaks out into a... <laughs> the Thunderbolt observes. That was awful. Johnny says. Yeah, but Wonder Woman likes it. Then Johnny thinks. Maybe I can break her up with another gag. I'll tell her the one about... Then he says out loud in the next panel. The boy who was out camping and came running back scared, complaining of having seen a black snake. When he was told that a black snake isn't poisonous, the boy said, If he can make me jump off a 50-foot cliff, he doesn't have to be. Wonder Woman laughs. Johnny observes, I've got her helpless with laughter. Bottom of page 20, Wonder Woman's laughing, saying, Ha ha! Stop it! I can't stand anymore! Thunderbolt now has a wrap top in the own lasso, and he says, Jokes must be a weakness of the Black Sphere humans. Nobody could laugh like that at a joke, especially such a terrible one. Johnny, obviously not appreciating being critiqued, says, Say you! Never mind the comments! Just tie that magic lasso around Wonder Woman. And let's go after Gem Girl so I can joke her into submission too. And sure enough, we see the Thunderbolt lassoing up Diana. Top of page 21 now. Caption for the first panel says, Leaving Wonder Woman helplessly bound with her magic lasso, the Thunderbolt carries Johnny into a criminal hideout where... Yep, see Johnny and Thunderbolt coming through the doorway where Houchu and Gem Girl and Marty and Horace are all sat around. Johnny says, What a coup! Gem Girl and the other three Black Sphere humans are here, Thunderbolt says. They gather here to divvy up the earth between them. Here's another urgent bulletin, Johnny. The Black Spheres are about to gain complete control of their host bodies. The next panel, Gem Girl observes. Leave these two to me. I'll give them a gem full of knockout powder. It's going to up a very sparkly red jewel at this point. Johnny is thinking, I'll soon have them rolling on the floor. Then he says, there was this little boy, see? who was always late for school. One day his teacher wanted to know why and he said, because of all the signs that say school, go slow. Next panel shows them all killing themselves with laughter, lots of ha-ha-has and ho-hos. I think the, the sense of humour enough too must be very unsophisticated. Thunderbolt says, Tell him another, Johnny. Make him so weak they won't be able to fire my magic back at me and I can use my hex powers to drive the black spheres out of their bodies. So in the next panel, Johnny tells another joke saying, don't stop me if you've heard this. As a man fell overboard into the water, one shark said to the other, What's that funny two-legged thing? And the other shark said, I'll bite. You can see in the background of this panel, the four bodies all being zapped by Thunderbolt's trademark pink energy. And Thunderbolt was saying, There! I've blasted the black spheres out of them, and without host bodies to sustain their life, the aliens will quickly die. Yeah, we can see the black spheres all appearing in front of their, their victims. Over the page then to page 22. Suddenly, the door slams open and... In walk all of the other heroes. We see Robin and Superman. Superman's carrying a barrel of water, which I hope doesn't contain a certain TikTok tyrant. We see Hawkman and Green Arrow bearing arms full of the, the flowers that caused the Flash some trouble. And we see Wildcat and Mr. Terrific just carrying big sticks. Scottish sticks. Yes. So, Johnny observes all this and says, You can relax, fellow members. The Black Sphere threat has been eliminated. To which Superman replies, Great work, Johnny. How about removing the negative radiation from Wonder Woman, Green Lantern, Flash and Our Man? Johnny says, That's your department, Thunderbolt. Say you. 
Thunderbolt goes skating off saying, I'm off and running! Now I wonder if they just had the barrel of water and the sticks and the flowers in case they were going to attack the bad guys. I probably think it's probably safe to say that our man probably wasn't in that barrel. Yeah. Okay then, the caption for the next panel on page 22 says, And after T-Bolt returns with the back to normal superheroes... Yep, we see a smiling Green Lantern flash at Our Man and Wonder Woman and Smiling Robin and Smiling Thunderbolt in the background. Wonder Woman is saying, Our Man, I wouldn't tell Johnny for the world, but when I realised laughter was a weakness of the negative radiation within me, probably because the Black Sphere beings had never been subjected to laughter, I giggled a little to encourage him to go on telling jokes. And Our Man says, When I realised water was a weakness of that radiation, I deliberately ran towards the Tiber River when Superman and Robin were trying to capture me. Next panel, we see Flash, Green Lantern, and Hawkman, and Flash is saying, We couldn't come right out and tell our fellow members about our vulnerability, so I jumped in front of Green Arrow's arrow to give him a hint about my allergy to the wisteria blossoms. And Green Lantern helpfully tells us, Which is why I threw Wildcat up into that tree to break a branch off so it would hit me. So Hal knew that he'd be vulnerable to it. Something had happened and he'd been made vulnerable to it. Must have done. Fascinating. Mm. Okay. Hawkman concludes this little part of the discussion by saying, Yes, why spoil Johnny's triumph by telling him we had the means of overcoming the Black Sphere humans? Oh, that's a shame. That's not very nice. So, top of page 23, we see, from left to right, Jim Girl and Marty Baxter, How Chu, and the money master, Horace Rowland. They're being addressed by Mr. Terrific, who says, We'll recommend that there not be any legal action against these four people. They couldn't help acting as they did with the Black Spheres inside them. Flash observes, Now that the alien spheres are dead, they'll be their former selves again. And in our concluding panel, we have a caption that says, In the Justice Society headquarters, somewhat later. And Superman and Hourman are shaking hands with everyone else stood around them, and Superman says, Now we Justice Leaguers must return to our own Earth and put an end to the crisis there, using the same technique. And Robin says, What are you doing, Johnny? Aren't you going to say goodbye? You can see Johnny scribbling away with a pencil and paper as Thunderbolt looks very pained beside him and Johnny says, Just as soon as I write out some jokes for the Justice Leaguers, Robin, so that they can overcome those black spheres without any trouble. The, the end. end. I'd completely forgotten about the fact that there was some trouble happening in Earth 1 <laughs> whilst all that was going on. Gosh. Yes. I'm not too sure about this. There won't be any legal action against the four people. How Chu was being executed when we first saw him. He was in front of a firing squad and he was referred to as a Chinese bandit. So I'm guessing uh, he was a criminal beforehand. So I think, you know, there will be repercussions for him. Perhaps not for his yeah, Black Sphere actions, but maybe, certainly for maybe, his actions before that. You know, they, will, will they take that into account that, you know, he didn't, it wasn't him that smashed up the car, it was the Black Sphere? I don't know. Well, he was being executed in the first place, so yeah. it's not looking um, good for how to how choose final appearance. I wonder how it's going to turn out for Horace and all that with all that cash and well, think who's going to rebuild all those sports stadiums? Yeah, I've been to the Coliseum actually. It was, uh, there was no no kryptonite buried there. That was a weird one. I heard that rumor. I started it. Interesting. Uh, yeah. Well, you know that's that's it for the nineteen sixty seven JLA GSA team up. Possibly the most inconsequential yeah, so far. I'd say so. Huh? Yeah. That works all over the place. Mm. Let's be honest. There's mm. some really nice panels. There's also some panels where people just look weird and not like themselves. Yeah, uh, I think it's a bit of a rush job for some of it, which is fine. It's what you expect. No one else really wanted to take on this team, but to draw the two teams. Yeah, Sikowski, It was, it was an unenviable task. I think mm. no one really wanted to do that. There were some good fights. I enjoyed that. Mm. You know, it's, I mean, that's one thing. I suppose they've mixed up a little bit, so we got some different heroes. Yeah, fighting each other. You know, you know, a Superman Hourman fight is terrific. Green Arrow. Yeah, Green Arrow and Hawkman fighting the Flash. That's pretty cool. The last one, the, the previous years, which, you know, we did a few months ago now, the, that had a real sense of cosmic threat. And then the previous mm. one, when everyone ended up in the moon and Johnny and the Thunderbolt were heavily involved yeah. in how that one turned out uh-huh. as well, I felt there was a little bit more at stake. This one, I mean, the Black Spheres very casually just left to die. Yeah. And it's like, it's literally pointed out by Thunderbolt. Yes, that's fine. Now they will die. Yeah. Because okay. we didn't get a single moment when one of the Black Spheres said anything or explained their motivation no. or what was actually going on. No, so, it's just all through yeah. Thunderbolt science graph yeah. on, in part one. I think hmm. definitely the most underwhelmed I've felt by one of these team-ups. I really don't have too much to add, really, beyond yeah. agreeing with what you say, but the artwork being a little inconsistent and the good fights. It was just a bit of... um. 
it's the first one to feel kind of a, a bit lightweight. But again, I suppose yeah. the, the novelty was in this case, I suppose, was the the mixing up of the teams, the mixing up of the characters. Very that, true. that is fun. That that is it's not quite mm-hmm. a juxtaposition mm-hmm. situation, but it's a lot of fun. One of in fact, one of my favourite ones later on, run about issue hundred of Justice League is, is is all about that. It's all about one of the reasons I like it so much is the mixing up of, of the characters and, and various yeah. Teams that are made up as a result, so not my favourite by any stretch. Yeah, I can't lie. But our man and Mister Terrific were involved, so I can't hate it too much. The drowning of our man was horrific, as was the beating of Hal Jordan. Yes, seriously, both really freaky panels. Yeah, and you sort of think like that's not the sort of behaviour you maybe even want to suggest that kids might try and copy. Mm-hmm. You know, they just pile into Green Lantern with sticks. Yeah, our man gets held underwater. Mm-hmm. Mm, no, not 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 good. Not good. The Black Spheres also kind of reminded me of Kirby Crackle, that effect sure, that yeah. uh, Jack Kirby used to use uh, on yeah. when his action scenes or energy mm-hmm. scenes, used mm-hmm. of these black dots. I used to call them Kirby dots, but Kirby Crackle's probably the more. Yeah, no, I know the ones you mean. Um, we, we have a mutual acquaintance who has some tattoo in his arm, of mm-hmm. course. Yes, we do. Um, I'm not sure if he listens, if he does, hello. I mean, that's the sort of thing. They could have made a little bit more of the Black Spheres, maybe given them a a conversation where they express their plight at being, mm. you know, what happened to their own universe. And maybe, I don't know, maybe them even doing something to help them. You would think. But, <laughs> but saying that, some of them escaped their negative universe into Earth 2, some of them escaped into Earth 1. Oh. Did any of them escape into any other Earths? Ooh. What if the crime syndicate had to deal with... Yes. Well, actually, they can't because they're locked up just now. Uh, what what happened in Earth 3? Did any go yeah. through to Earth 3 or any of the other Earths that we've seen before? Did, did the Hal Jordan of that other Earth from Green Lantern Thirty Two? Did he have to deal with them? Did who knows? Did the did some turn up on Earth X or Earth S, which we haven't seen yet? Of course, the Earth mm-hmm. S heroes, some of them were dormant at this point, but we'll get to that eventually. Yeah, no, yeah, that's that's a very valid point. Could they have been seeded through every single universe? Oh, may have, wow. may have precursor to the crisis. Gosh, who knows? Perhaps they grew up to be the shadow demons of hey. Anti Monitor. Oh my goodness! Yes, what if they did. Yeah, let's go with that. Revolution. That's now canon. Okay. That's no canon. Yes, we're gonna, we'll write we're, that down. When we blog. write our DC comic, yeah, that's something. Uh, plucking that we'll, all the gaps, yes. and that's what we'll have. That's what we'll have indeed. Yes. I like that. I'm into it. <laughs> um, do, you, do you have any particular observation, further observations to make on it, or not especially? It's it's really straightforward as a story. I do really enjoy the play with uh, Johnny and Thunderbolt, and Johnny just not getting that he always has to say "see you." Yes. Even when he's plummeting to his doom, he's yes, saying that safe me, but like, no, that's not the words. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I did like that sequence. That was a lull. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't, I mean, I'm I'm sounding very negative about it mm-hmm. and I've seen it on the realm. And it was a fun read, It was, but it was a very unchallenging and very unstimulating read. Mm-hmm. I didn't really feel at any point in this issue there was really too much at stake. Yeah. You know, there wasn't a kind of, as I said already, there wasn't a big threat. It was a case of, right, we've just got to knock each other out and think of something else. It was just... Mm. I'd have liked to see the meeting in 10 Downing Street where, you know, the cabinet all get together and say, what are we going to do about this guy stealing all our gold? I know. Let's get all the gold in England. Yes. Put it in a train and send, send it up to Scotland. Scotland. You can imagine Harold Wilson chewing on his pipe, listening to his copy of Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band mm. and thinking, yeah, we'll just send the gold to Scotland. That's yeah. fine. That works. Yeah, it's a bizarre concept in motion. <laughs> it is. And again, as I said, folks, if you're reading this along with us, that looks nothing like Scotland. There's not really... <laughs> Big desert, mountainous no. deserts in no. Scotland with uh, rickety wooden struts that train tracks run along. No, we, we, you know, think <laughs> of the bit in the Harry Potter films when the Hogwarts Express is making its way to to the school, and that's that's yeah. probably what you would have seen instead if they had had the money to film that sequence in Scotland. Mm. Interesting. Is that the first time Scotland has been in an episode of the podcast? I can't remember. Mm. I think so. It'd be quite good to do another story set in Scotland one day. We will do at some point. Mm. I'm sure. I'm Hopefully. sure it'll turn up again. It certainly turns up in DC Special 29. So it does. Yeah. I look forward to Which that we'll one. we'll be doing, the Between. origin of the GSA. Yep. That's far off in the future though, folks, mm. so stay with us. Should we look at the contemporary reader reaction? Let's do that. Awesome. So these letters are from issue 60 of Justice League of America. So, the first letter then, issue 60, goes a little something like this. Dear Editor, GLA 56 was truly superb. The plot and the battle scenes were so good, I didn't even mind Sid Green's soft inking. Soft inking? Soft inking. Soft inking sounds like a a character from Blake 7. (laughs) I think a soft look detracts from the excitement and character of a superhero. I'm not sure what he means. Hmm. Okay. Story-wise, the negative crisis in Earth 1-2 was superior to all... No, it wasn't. Was superior to all former GLA GSA team ups. Certainly better than last year's. No, I respectfully disagree, Carl Gifford. More and more, you're using the GSA in these team ups rather than the GLA. That's good. We see the GLA almost all year in their issues. Well, what you expect is their comic. But now to the point. 
In JLA 56, you stated something that might prove misleading. When the Thunderbolt said that jokes were an alien weakness, he was wrong. After all, if a boob like Johnny Thunder could think up jokes on the spur of the moment, couldn't the intelligent race like those spheres have thought of some good ones long ago? Don't go crying because I've shot you down from cloud nine. I'm about to shoot you back up again. How? Like this. Laughing, no matter how much they say about it being automatic, is a voluntary action on the diaphragm. If you don't want to, you can easily not laugh at a joke just by commanding the diaphragm not to move excessively and by controlling your breathing. That's not true. Yeah. I find it impossible to stop laughing sometimes. <laughs> I can't think how many times I got put out of the class in secondary school for laughing. This is a comics podcast we'll tell this story. The very first time I read an issue of Viz oh, yes. was in fourth year and Mr. Gagini was like, David, stop laughing because I was reading the origin of Buster Gonad, the little caption box for that. <laughs> And I couldn't stop laughing, so he put me out. In the I stood in the corridor laughing pretty much for the whole hour. As you do. As you do, which was pretty shocking. So, Mr. Gagini, if you're listening, I apologise. Now, since the spheres were dormant most of the time, the hosts themselves were controlling their actions, but not their breathing. That was being controlled by the medulla, and was automatically controlling their breathing. I'm very bored of this letter. When Johnny Thunder barged in, the crooks were ready for an attack in battle, confident that they would win. They were totally unprepared for jokes. After the first few giggles, the sudden upsurge of conscious action, which has not been controlled by the spheres, weakened the control of the reviving spheres. When this became aware to the subconscious of the hosts, they started to laugh fiercely to weaken the spheres, just as the four superheroes revealed the weaknesses when they were possessed. In short, I wish I hadn't read this letter now, in short, it was great <laughs> output of conscious action that weakened the spheres because the action concerned breathing, which the spheres were afraid of controlling, during the dormant state in fear of stifling their hosts. See? All clear, I should hope so. It took me six hours to figure this out. And that's from Carl Gifford, New Milford. I'm guessing that's Connecticut. And it took Dave six hours to read that out. That's right. I am. We both had full heads of hair when I started reading this letter. The editorial response is... Your clarification of an otherwise obscure point is ingenious, and that's no joke. You know, I just read all that and it's gone right out of my head. I don't think I even registered to get any of that in, but not to worry. Right, the next letter then. Dear Editor, Although the first chapter of the annual JLA-JSA team-up didn't really impress me too much, the second part more than made up for it. For one thing, the cover was fabulous. At first, just the shock of seeing eight costumed heroes rushing at each other made me forget something. Where is Batman? Or in this case, a grown-up Robin? Is this the right magazine? Later on I learned that indeed it was the right magazine, and when I read the mail room and discovered Batman would be omitted from the next issue, I almost stood up and cheered! <laughs> the Batman backlash has begun! <laughs> indeed. But, to get back to the cover, my first impression was that you're putting your fans on. How could our man possibly stand a chance against a super-powered Superman? Green Lantern could power ring Wildcat out of existence and Flash could run rings around Mr. Terrific. After a moment's thought, I deduced the Earth 2 heroes must have increased powers. Or the Earth 1 heroes must have decreased powers, of course. By page 4 of the story, it was easy to see that my first assumption was correct. If only half correct with only two JSAers getting increased powers. But again, to get back to the cover, it was good to see Wildcat and Mr. Terrific getting the spotlights. More or less, at least they were on it anyway. These two heroes must have been in about three original JSA adventures altogether. And, always rooting for the underdog, it was also nice to see Green Arrow again. But to get back to the cover... <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I finished my comments about it, except for complimenting Infantino and Anderson for the art. Saul Harrison for the colouring and the Comics Code Authority for the approval stamp on Hawkman's wing. <laughs> Finally, to get back to the cover, with all those heroes having their arms sticking up, it kind of reminded me of a deodorant <laughs> commercial. And that's much better than the first letter. That's from Jim Vicko from Scarborough, Ontario, Canada. Excellent. Let's actually talk about the cover before we... Then yeah. We'll quickly, the editor responds, and that's about as complete a coverage as we've ever had of any cover of the editor. There's a mistake here. I mean, Superman did fight Our Man. Green Lantern yeah. did squeer up against Wildcat, but mm -hmm. Mr. Terrific also fought Green Lantern. Yeah. And Flash is on the cover of the same side as Green Arrow, who he fought against. Yeah. And Green Arrow squaring up against Hawkman, who he fought alongside as well. Mm. So it probably should have been the Flash opposite Hawkman. Yeah. And then no, there wasn't room for anyone else to double up, was there? No, not really. Because Johnny Thunder and Wonder Woman are both of Earth too, so... Mm -hmm. So yes. One of them should be on it. Yeah, but then, yeah, the, yeah okay. Mm. Oh, well. Not to worry. I mean, Green Arrow versus Hawkman would have been pretty cool to see. 
Yeah, definitely. definitely. And Flash versus Mythotrific, that you know Terry would have thought of some way to slow him down. You know that possibly might yeah. have been good. Hmm. Okay, not to worry. On to the next letter, dear editor. Oh, happy day! Just society has returned again to grace the pages of the JLE magazine. And what a return! The entire first part of the two-part minor explosion was devoted to the JSA. We and the art. Dot 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 exclamation mark. This puts down all those usurpers to say that no single artist can draw eight superheroes from different mags and make them look like the way they should. Pshaw, I say to you, pshaw. I was very glad to see that you didn't force Batman into the two stories, nor feature him on the covers. This is a major step forward out of the unholy darkness of Campsville. Open brackets, of course. Sneaking a grown-up Robin into the story was a little bit, but I'm glad it wasn't played up. The only thing that saved the second part was Johnny Thunder's role at the end. Any other solution would have been trite and cliche, perhaps even overdone. After all, how many times has the different weakness from each villain been used? Don't answer. I received a real laugh out of Johnny's proudness at having found the answer to the problem, all by himself, when the others had each found one too. Excellent! And that's from no other than Gerard Conway, Hollis, New York. We'll be doing some of his stories in the future. Jerry yes. Conway, amazing. Jerry Conway. It's only two years later that his first DC story was published. Right. That's from House of Secrets 81. Brilliant. And Jerry Conway actually probably is the person who wrote Justice League for the longest, uh, apart from maybe Gardner. I wonder if he may have, um, he may have written it longer than Gardner, actually. Am I right in thinking he, he also wrote some of the revived All-Star comics in the 70s, didn't he? Yes. So he's uh-huh. in on that. So we will, that. we will definitely be hearing from Jerry Conway. Yeah. In the future. Indeed. So Pete's going to read us the final letter from issue 60 of GLA now. Dear editor, once again we find ourselves with the second part of the annual GLA GSA classic. They say some things improve with age. But I have to say this, the fifth annual two-parter was almost no good. Mm. The two latest stories had especially unlikely villains and a hero grown out of mid-hair, that's H-E-I-R, mm-hmm. to join the Justice Society when there had been no previous mention of either himself or his mentor. I refer to Robin, that adult bat kid who is provided for the bat fans. I think you've taken the ageing process of the GSA slightly out of proportion, as Batman is in semi-retirement and Johnny Thunder is the same happy-go-lucky young fellow he always was. The end of the story, or rather the captures, were ridiculous. Every time anybody turned around, a new weakness was discovered for the energy beings, first water, then wisteria, wood and wisecracks, in quick succession. How one little form of life could have all these nemeses is beyond my comprehension. Somehow it doesn't seem fair. It seems as though with such a special story endeavour, extra care would be taken to make sure that the plotting was simple, not overdone and clarified in all points instead of slightly off, overcasted and a little bit muddled. And that's from Stephen Carberg from Oklahoma. And the response to that one is, because your reaction to this particular crisis story turned out to be as negative as its title, don't assume that we didn't give it that extra care you called for. You sure did. For not only do these crises stories demand it, but so do our readers, most of whom have approved of the results. And that's from the editor. And then there's the usual invitation to submit your own letters. I would agree with his, his one that it's probably the... Um, I wouldn't quite completely say that it was no good, but it's no, definitely, no, no. in my humble opinion, the weakest of them. Yeah. I mean, the, the biggest takeaway from the two-parter is introduction of adult Robin. That is, that is a big of the GSA. deal. That is huge. Although this costume will not stick, <laughs> which is fine. That's fine. Mm-hmm. But the idea of, you know, it's it's legacy. It's what we're about. Yeah. Having a character grow up and he's still the same character, but he's, he's evolving and he's mm-hmm. adapting. And he's taking on, like, almost another role. He's taking on the main Batman role, although he's still calling himself Robin. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's really interesting as far as that goes. Yeah, I think that can't be understated because, he, mm-hmm. as I said already, I think I said when we did the last episode, the, the adult Dick Grayson of Earth 2 is a major player throughout the Bronze Age. Yeah. Right up until Crisis and Infinite Earths. And he's, mm-hmm. you know, he's a linchpin character in that. It's good to see him. I like him. I'm a big fan. Oh, you know, when I was a kid, I always preferred Robin to Batman. They are. Good. So it's, you know, I, I, I like the fact that the costume that combines the the you know elements of both. Yeah, although it was still a bit haphazard as an, an inconsistent. Yeah. Less so this issue than it was in the first issue, mm. but uh, mm. but we spoke of that in the last episode. Yeah. Go back and check that out if you haven't already. Yeah. The main thing, obviously, that we said, just the red circle being added. There is a story coming when the Earth Two Robin and the Earth One Robin team up. That's in one of the other JLA JC team ups a little far in the future. So that's one to look mm-hmm. forward to, listeners. We'll probably get to that in about a year's time, I reckon, at this rate, maybe. Maybe, so, maybe a little bit sooner, actually. I'm not yeah. sure. We'll see how we go. Is that us, then, for this one? Yeah, that was that was exciting. That was fun. That was the letters pages from GLA Mailroom. Uh, if you want to write a letter to us, you can do it electronically through email 
to the Earth Two Podcast at gmail.com and might give you a shout out on the show. Also, make sure you follow us on all the social media on Facebook and Instagram. We're at the Earth Two Podcast and on Twitter, we're at podcast underscore Earth Two. It's the number two for all our social media. We'll be putting up lots of select highlights from this issue and indeed lots more bonus content. Yes, we'll do. My, I'll do my best to try and scrape together some more. <laughs> some more stuff to bolster this one. There isn't too much, unfortunately, but we'll see what we can do. We'll see what we can do. And if you're not spending your time looking at our social media, then why not go to our website? That's earth2podcast.com, where you can go back and listen to all of our previous episodes. They are all there for you to enjoy. And feel free to get in touch with us and let us know what you think of any of the previous shows. Yep, please do. You can also, I think we've mentioned before, you can also find us on YouTube now, if that helps. Yes, and, uh-huh. And I'll say it again, if you're enjoying what, we, what you're doing, you can always go and buy us a coffee. That'd be much appreciated. So, on that note, I've been Peter. I've been David. And you have been listening to... The, the Earth, Earth 2, 2 Podcast. Podcast. Transmatter Cube activated. Return coordinate set for Earth Prime. The, um, the discourse continues on the stop of, to- on the stop of Tory page 3. <laughs> There's a spoon in there.